Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers <laughs> over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wow. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the dulcet tones of screaming Tom Leach as Stevie gets loose. Will the Cats repeat in the Governor's Cup? We're going to find out soon enough. Get it together, Roush. It's game week, baby. Nick Roush joined by Trevor Kelsey for a very special edition of Kentucky Roll Call right here on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. It's Friday, November 24th, the Governor's Cup Eve. And today you're going to have me, Nick Roush, and Trevor Kelsey in hour number one. Justin Bustin, Kaylin, the Scooter Dingus, and TJ Walker, the Sports Talker, in hour number two to get you ready for the Cats and the Cards Saturday at noon on America's Broadcasting Corporation, ABC. The Cats are seven-point dogs. And Trevor Kelsey's shaking in his little boots. Ooh, Ooh, not shaking. He's scared. Oh, it's because you know it's Friday. You ain't got work. You got turkey in your belly, and you got the cats going down to the cards in 24 hours, 27 hours. I got a 13 of my math ACT. Leave me alone, people. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. I cannot wait. We are in a very weird spot with this rivalry. Uh, When's the last time you were seven-point underdogs? In period? Or just it, in it, this rivalry? No, no, no not period. You, you you were like 14 or 17 point underdogs against Alabama and Georgia. Well, no, in this rivalry, obviously. Uh, Kentucky was a seven, 27 and a half point underdog when Lamar Jackson won the Heisman and lost. People don't forget that. I bet they were slight dogs in 17 when Lamar got his revenge game. But yeah, I, it's a great, excellent question. The game you always love to point to where he, the, he quote, he, you know, air quote, fumbled and y'all, y'all got lucky. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're doing that, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. And then you and then you like got, got then, lucky as then, winning as a twenty-seven and a half point underdog. And then, Kentucky got th- lucky. And then he got you on on Twitter, and you got all mad about it. Oh, you mean whenever <laughs> I burnt him and he got roasted on Twitter? No, yeah, no, no. I'm he talking about roasted. when he. I'm talking about he when got he absolutely roasted. I'm talking about when he made you change your Twitter handle to Folgers because you got you got roasted. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> okay, that was a good one. Um, 
Uh, funny you know joke, Trevor. I, before we get into talking about this game, I want to remind folks to text in to the Thorns text line and start your day with Thorns, 502-414-1450. Great coffee. Um, and, you know, if, if you want to get ready for your tailgate, too, ice-cold beers in the cooler. We've got Black Friday football games. Uh, Iowa, Nebraska, 26.5-point total there. That's going to be exhilarating. But <laughs> I love if you followed the Iowa team overall totals like oh, this season. This is this is they they so they've tested the totals. It's like historic lows. Kentucky Iowa <laughs> last year was historic low in the Music City Bowl. That didn't come close. But twenty six and a half is a new record low in college football. Oh, I believe it, and it still can't get low enough because Nebraska can't score either. They just they're walking turnovers. So that's that's going to be a fascinating watch on Black Friday. It's so crazy because like it started. I think I think the week one like their over under was probably like in the fifties. And like now, it's, you know, then it was. It's, it's been it's, right around thirty for it, the last yeah. few weeks, and it still just keeps hitting. So and they, they, they had to go they, to twenty six and a half. And they bit me last week. I had they were the only team I missed on a fourteen parlay. Uh, I had them. I needed to win by by three, and of course they they win by two because they go for two and don't get it, and and then we went fifteen thirteen over over Illinois. But I had so as a result, I was like watching that game last week. Like I, that's the first time I've watched like three quarters of an Iowa football game it's all great. year long. It's great. I don't know the way I would like define it. Like it's like when you're when they're on defense, it's fun to watch because they're just dominating. But on offense, it's just so bad. It's I told a buddy I was like, it's kind of like watching '80s porn. Like you know, the defense is the good part, and then when the acting happens, that's like when they're on offense. It's just so bad and just, just mind numbing. Trevor, I lost you at '80s porn, so we're gonna move <laughs> past that. And I gotta I gotta start off this edition. Um, start, by congratulating man. you, <laughs> because you. here's the thing, Trevor. I know the Bring Brom Home guy gets a lot of credit, but buddy, I think you deserve credit for for getting Brom Home. <laughs> Thank Congratulations, you, you did it, you made it. I, I I'm I'm proud of you. It was Chris. on the Rutherford show where that statement began, uh, and then and of course, whomever does that that Twitter page took it and ran with it. No, they, they sprinted uh, with they, they, Yeah, they hear a lot about that. I mean, Usain Bolt was like, damn, he's fast. Uh, that's I mean, they, yeah, they ran like four scum levels of, of length with that thing. And he's done a great job, and it's helped, you know, bring your uncle home, which is awesome. I know I'm sure it's going to make an awkward Thanksgiving in the uh, Roush household, knowing that, you know, he's about to embarrass your team in, in, within 48 hours of, of feeding you turkey. So I'm sure that's going to be interesting, but. Nonetheless, yeah, it's so it's so great to have Brian. The prodigal son has returned. Every, everything you, you thought it would be has been in more this season. It's, it's just been beautiful. Well, um, suck it, Trevor. Um, <laughs> but here, here's another question I have for you. Was, was Scott Satterfield leaving? Scott Satterfield leaving was the greatest thing to happen to U of L athletics since fill in the blank. <laughs> Cause it, it it really he that was the that I just was a football gift. or athletics in general yeah in general because I I mean you have to go honestly it's it's the best thing that happened to Louisville since Pitino was hired yeah no I mean but not even off season like you could go back to wins right because you didn't even have you had zero big wins under Scott Satterfield you had my Wake Forest was top ten one time oh god that was a terror. That. Hey, they were the field for that game. That team stuck. They were top ten. Oh gosh, and they threw. They turned it over seventeen times in that game. That was well, not. Man, come on, give respect, respect, dude. Be the top ten team. 
But but it would have to probably be a basketball win, right? Would it be? No, I mean the the blackout Virginia game of six. I mean the Florida State game in sixteen. Uh, yeah, I, Lamar Lamar Florida State game. Is that is it? It's probably that, right? The Florida because even basketball, Rick didn't have a lot of big wins later on. I know he did. He get you to a Final Four in fifteen? Uh, no, we lost lead eight. Uh, oh. Lost to Michigan State. That was the the yeah. Gorgie, the missed free throw in overtime. Yeah. Um. I mean, we had we were kind of a Cinderella run going there anyway, but still nonetheless, yeah. So what? It, it's, it's so it probably is right. Scott Satterfield Michigan leaving. State lost to Duke. You all lost to, to Wisconsin. Scott Satterfield leaving U of L. Best thing to happen to them in six years, and that was the blackout with Lamar Jackson and Rick Pitino wearing the way too tight jersey to college game day. I mean. What a what a turn in events. I will I will say this like I have been there are a few people in this in this country that have been adamant about their dislike of cities such as myself or Memphis and Cincinnati. I mean, I, I assume you know one is the the rear end of the America and the other is just kind of like the crotch, and whichever one's which is you know it's it's, it's up to you to pick. Do I don't care. <laughs> so. So, but so I, 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 it's it's clear I don't have a love for them. I mean, since I, I, I look at Cincinnati as as fondly as I look at their nasty dog food like chili that they call that they serve at Skyline. That said, because of them taking Satterfield from us, and I shouldn't say take because we're like we were like fighting to keep him, but because they hired Satterfield, I take everything back about I said about Cincinnati, the city of Cincinnati. It is a wonderful place. Skyline chili is delicious. Uh, I would eat Skyline chili for for, the, for them to do that and what they did and honor them. Uh, so, yes, it is. In terms of football, I mean, it's – I can't remember who our coach was before Snellenberger, but it's like it, – it's the way Snellenberger kind of fell back, you know, ass backwards into us. It, 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 it The Brom – the, the way we were finally able to get Brom to come home, it's kind of eerily, you know – Interesting in the story. I don't know if you remember Snowberger. He'd left my. The reason he left yeah. Miami was to go to the USFL. And then that they didn't even get a team. Yeah, they, yeah. it folded. He, they were like, "Here, you can have this Orlando." I think they were like Orlando Breakers or something. I don't remember. Right. And uh, and it didn't work out. Yeah, and it, the team never existed. Like it never even like had a season. And so he was kind of in limbo, and and, and that's how he ended up at Louisville. So I mean, it's and you know, weirdly enough, you have that with Satterfield, Cincinnati. And now Brom gets to come home after you know four years removed from, you know, hoping he'd get be, he'd be here. So it's just it's it's a great story. It's 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 Cinderella like, and it's going to be topped off with the fact that we're going to take oh. off our slipper and shove it straight up your rear end as we go on on our way to an eleven to one season and an ACC championship in year one. Year one, he's done in year one with Stoops oh, okay. is not being able to just, do in his own just, conference just, Trevor, in a decade. Trevor, Trevor, just calm down, okay. calm down. You got you got a little worked up there. You got a little worked up because here's. The part that you have to remember, you play in the Conference USA of the Power Five. Uh, the ACC is bad. We don't have to, I don't need you to argue with me that Virginia Tech is good. We're not going to waste our time doing that. But I do want to just. Well, that's the one you pulled out. Come on. I mean, the, the, the they're, Florida they're, State's decent. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame's not in the ACC. That's in Florida State. Okay. You're going to play Florida State in the You avoided them in the regular season. No, no. My, my point being that I wanted to get to is what, what makes this a little unusual, though, is that. Jeff had success at Purdue in spite of his stylistic differences with the Big Ten West. Big Ten West, they love to punt. They love to run the football. They love to punt some more. They love to play defense. They love to run the football. Yeah, boring. 
How many people were screaming at their TV in the opening game of the college football season last year on Thursday night when they've got Penn State on the ropes, they've done the rope-a-dope, all you got to do is just run for two first downs and you win the game, and Jeff's just out there passing the football. I he mean, was, you're talking about last year, though. Correct. That's what I mean. He could he not pass, man. He he could not run. He could not run the football at all because I mean, Horvath was their tailback. They, I don't even know who his best running back was. Whoa, what'd you say? How did you pronounce his name? Horvath. Okay, it's his name. I think pronounced. I think he said something else for a second. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, something you do when you when you're on a Saturday night and you're, you're trying to, you know. Yeah, yeah, we, we get it. We get it. We get it, Trevor. Okay. But the problem, uh, they. That was his – he could. He did not have the personnel to be able to run the football in the Big Ten West. The hard ceiling was winning uh, the Big Ten West as an 8-4 and four team, playing finesse around them with Aiden O'Connell um, and co. Slinging it around. You, get, you go to Louisville, and then you expect them to have – I mean, the way they recruited receiver in the portal, Kevin Coleman, Jamari Thrash, you expected them to just open it up and – be able to uh, point you to death, right, in the ACC, where you can use a little bit more finesse, and that style works. But ironically, they've they've gone to the run game, and they're using the run game to set up the pass. But really, this team, it's all – he. I mean, he has his best running backs since he had Ace Wales at Western Kentucky, and the central product had like 1,500 uh, yards. Knox kid was decent at Purdue, I think. I mean, uh, I'm pretty decent at first name, but his last name was Knox. I mean, that was his first he, running back. He was fine, but – the way the explosiveness there, because Jawar Jordan gets hurt, and then they still can lean on Garendo, who is better between the tackles than Jordan, but has shown some explosiveness. I mean, he had the game-winning 75-yard touchdown run or whatever yeah. it was against Virginia. Um, but their ability to run the football, Trevor, I, I didn't see it coming, but it, it's worked out well because you, J- Jack Plummer is is mid. He's mid. Uh, well, he is. I mean, again, you wouldn't touch Jack Plummer with a ten foot pole <laughs> if he was rolled up in a doobie. Well, yeah, be as long as he has the mustache, I will. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, and we talked about this when I joined you on KFC on on Wednesday, you know, I, and I brought this up on multiple occasions on on, on Rutherford show. Is I mean, it, it, if you if you're expecting Plummer to come in and be, you know. Couch Redman, whatever. I'm dating myself with these references here, but. You know, then, then I'm just because it's Brom. You're sorry, mistaken. Listen, Brom is a good coach. Brom's not a coach that's going to come in and be like, "Oh, well, this isn't the kind of scheme I normally run. I'm going to force, you know, my circle peg into this square hole." You know, he's he's a chameleon. He's gonna he's gonna look and see what Satterfield left him, and Satterfield wouldn't do that. Satterfield came in and was like, "Oh, I got a Petrino talented team that's you know." They can kind of spread it out and throw it, but I just want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and he's going to do it no matter what. And it's the difference between one good coach and one lousy coach. And 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 he came in here and he saw it. And I think as time evolves, I think we will see. I assume we will see this team kind of be more into what you saw at Purdue and what you you saw at Western and what you think. You know, obviously, you assume and and, and history shows that the Brom is more of a, a you know. A, Two to one pass and a, you know and a, a two to one run type coach and I think we will see that eventually when he starts to get more guys in here. But he came in here. He he did bring in your right plumber, Thrash Coleman. We did bring in some weapons, but the team was still as a whole. Jawar Jordan, Gwendo was the transfer that came in. Rich Turner was already here. I mean, you had the offensive line short of Willie Tyler was already kind of built as a zone run offensive line and. He's just gonna he's gonna do it in, 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 a, in a defense he inherited maybe the best defense he's had in his coaching career, 
as a whole unit. I mean, individually played, but as a unit. And he's gonna he's gonna coach the way that wins. I mean, he's not gonna be like, well, I'm gonna air the ball out because that's what I want to do. No, that's that's stupid. That's why he's the coach that he is. That's why he's the AC coach. Of the will be AC coach of the year, and why he should be maybe super national coach of the year because of what he's done with this team in year in just one year, doing what well, best he was left with. What's crazy though is that Mike Norvell, like, I. I Mike Norvell might win National Coach of the Year, but not ACC Coach of the Year, especially if they're able to win without Jordan Travis the final two weeks of the season. Wasn't it the uh, the, the Cousins and Wall thing that year with UK? Yeah. Like, like Wall won like freshman of the year and Cousins won like player play. of the year. Or something. something like it was reversed maybe around, but yeah. 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 Um, but uh, it, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the offensive line, though, and in particular the defensive line, too. Um, Ashton Jawadi, very good rusher. It, we're in a weird spot, Trevor, where Kentucky dominated the trenches for so long in this series that it's weird that it's a push at best. I think it, I think a little bit to do, and I'm not saying that Kentucky didn't have better talent in the trenches, but it didn't hurt that our coaching staff was so predictable last time. I mean, Stoops is on the sideline like like he's the guy from you know Waterboy reading you know Idiot's Guide to Co- College Coaching, and there's you know Henry Winkler slash Satterfield on the other side being like, "All right, guys, let's zone run right and zone run left." Doesn't work, then we'll just try to bootleg it out. You know, Stoops is like, well, didn't see that coming. You know, so I mean, yeah. you're not gonna get that with you're not gonna get that with Bra. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not trying to downplay Kentucky's defense and saying that it 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 wasn't a you know physical defensive line. I just say it also helps when you know exactly what's coming. That that's true. That's true. But also like Louisville's offensive line has been pretty solid. And and that happens too when you have the same guys there. For another year, yeah. I want to say that their front five has started in all but one game. It's one of the more cohesive units. We lost. Uh, we lost our, our guard in the Pittsburgh game, or was it was it, we lost the the big game is we lost the one starter because of the, the stupid field there. And that's oh, it's that, the field. Yeah, well, that's he, he slipped on the field. <laughs> are you are you worried at all about the kicking situation? Uh, a little because, bit. A little bit. I think it's mental with Brock. So, but yeah. To to set the background, Brock Travelstead. Uh, if you went to the, uh, what you call it? Uh, I I was at the Virginia game, and you go to all the games. You're, you people don't realize you're actually a Louisville fan. Oh uh, no, suck it, Trevor. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a week night game. They're fun. Cousin coaches there. I saw two games this year. Jeff coach. I had seen him coach one game in the previous eight years of his coaching career. Um. So, you know, I got to get my chances in while I can. But to hear the size from the crowd when Travelstead went in the game is like, uh, no way they're making this. Then he gets a PAT blocked down at Miami. So they have to pull him for a guy that played with Plummer at Cal. But he wasn't even good at Cal. I mean, this Lopez guy had one made field goal at Cal. He was the backup there, too. They put him in, and he hits a, what, 43-yarder? Yeah, I didn't know we had a backup kicker. <laughs> yeah, so Lopez like, comes in, <laughs> hits it. Uh, Jeff says earlier this week that uh, you, you know he doesn't give away anything in his pressers. He's very coach speaking when it comes to that. So we're gonna have competition. Best person's gonna play. Um, so I don't know who it's gonna be if they're gonna roll out Travelstead or Lopez. But if if they got to kick a field goal, important field goal, who do you want in the game, Trevor? Are you worried? Are you? Uh, I mean, I'm probably worried regardless at this point. I mean, uh, I mean, the game has come down to a field goal before. Um, that was, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would, 
hopefully Brock has gotten some of the because it seems mental. I mean, whatever it is, I, I'm just assuming his girl didn't call him back on time or something the other night, and he was just a little 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 out of it in the head mentally. So I'm, I'm assuming that's all it was. And it, oh, not just like missing the kicks is in his head. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's it, definitely I mean, not that. I mean, it's he's got the yip, he's got the yips, and then we just got to get through that. And once once we get past that, then uh, everything will be okay. Well, hopefully, it does come down to a field goal um, because I trust Kentucky. That is a decisive advantage. Kentucky has an advantage in the kicking department. Will they have advantage in other departments? We'll see. That's hopefully, is that, is that the best you can come up with your, your kicking advantage? That's, hopefully, that's sad, we'll be seeing this game through our shady rays. Hopefully, it's going to be a sunny day. It is. We haven't had the greatest weather for this game in recent years, Trevor. Um, just the November Saturdays, but it's it's calling for you know mostly sunny skies, fifty degrees, good enough to be rocking your shady rays for that noon kickoff. Use promo code BIGX at ShadyRays.com this holiday season when you're shopping. You're going to get 40% off. Great stocking stuffers because not only are they high-quality, good-looking sunglasses that'll just really brighten the day of the loved ones in your life, but they're also going to help them on a bright day, like in Saturday's Governor's Cup matchup. Bright day so bright, you got to wear shades. Exactly. Promo code Big X, 40% off your purchase at ShadyRays.com. We're going to take a break. Come back and talk more about the cats and the cards right here on the Big X Sports Radio. one to say oh the loss of south carolina is a good loss a moral loss blah 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 but it, you know you gotta get beaten down a little bit say boy you cover i say you cover about as much as a flapper skirt in a high wind welcome back in nick roush trevor kelsey with you right here kentucky roll call previewing the cats and the cars in the governor's cup Love a little foghorn, leghorn. It's moments like remembering that. Like, that's my top three Roush, probably. Like, I, when I remember, because if those that listen to the Open, like, I, 90% of the Opens, both for first hour one and two, were like, I produced. And hour one in particular, like, when I was doing it, I felt so bad, because I was like, I got, like, nine Roush sound bites and, like, one TJ sound bite here. Like, uh, DJ does great sound. I'm not saying he's not funny and having good sound bites, but it's like, Roush is always just, like, some of my top three is foghorn, leghorn. By far, Pothead's adorable. And the other one in the open, which is still my favorite. I laughed at him. I hear it is like the, the pregnancy one. We're like, you're pregnant or breastfeeding for like two years in a row. That's got to be exhausting. I uh, <laughs> I also love the you wouldn't cover a flapper, flapper skirt in the wind. A, a, a flapper skirt in the wind couldn't cover that. Like that, that that's something only like an adult would understand. Yeah. Love the Looney Tunes jokes they're sneaking it, in, and it kind of actually it's weird that rejoin kind of fit because you just got beat by South Carolina again. Oh, suck it, buddy! I mean, just just suck it. Take out I your mean, suck it, and you can suck I it. Mean, you got beat up in some. That had to be the worst road trip ever for you, right? It was, uh, yeah. Oh, not between, even without between question. like car wrecks, worst. sprinklers, and lots. I it mean. was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, you get mugged. One thing I do like, though, they, so this week it's, uh, you know, they're out of school now, but I love that my kids on, my kid on Tuesday, they had a, uh, 
dress down day where all the kids could wear either their favorite U of L or their favorite Kentucky stuff. Yeah. That's the kind of This is Duke, right? Yes. And that and that's what makes just the rivalry great is stuff like that, you know. Cats versus cards. Everybody's got a side, right? You like one or the other. And I just I, I love the rivalrying aspect of it. Um, I don't love though that my kid was wearing a Louisville shirt. Um, uh, so I'm assuming he sides with mom more than dad. At this point. He's just a cardinal bird, man. And it's one of those things too that Brooke didn't even really push it. But I mean, we were pushing it hard. As soon as he started talking, we were trying to get him to say, "Go oh, Wildcats." <laughs> but that's that's your problem. Like, how many times have you a, par- a kid be like? My whole family's U of L fans, but I like UK because they like tried to force it down my throat. I, I have friends like that. Well, and I, I, so some of it I think might be a little rebellion, but other parts of it is just I think that what happens is that on Saturdays I'm watch I'm I'm there right I'm gone yeah. I'm watching the cats and then so mom she wants to watch the Buckeyes and the Cardinal Birds, and so she, you know naturally Duke's just like well I like the Buckeyes and How the does Cardinal Duke Birds know, by the way uh, three. Okay. Three and change. So looks like he's seven. And we even did the thing too, where we try to convince him that it's you know my dad would play like he's the Duke's the big strong Wildcats and Dad Papaw is the sissy Cardinal Birds, and he found out in school that it's not nice to call somebody sissies. I was gonna say the only grandpa that's gotta be that's grandpa language right there. So he or found, my language. He found yeah. that out, and so now we're. Uh, He's like, that's not very nice. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a lost cause at this point, unfortunately. And um, well, What you got to hope for, here's the problem with, 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 with Duke's future as a fan, is that, and, and rightfully so, like, more often than not, sometimes it's going to be a matter who's the better program at a certain point in the age of the child. And I, I like to think that's around the 8 to 12, maybe. I, I, I think that's like, unless you're just in a, in a household, like you were, I guess, with UK, and, and I was with UofL, like, you know, regardless of how good they are, I'm going to be at, you know, that that's my team. I'm going to root for it, and mm-hmm. good or bad, thick and thin. I think a lot of people, though, I think, and that's as I was with my professional teams in a way, that is that, like, between that, like, age of 8 to 12, like, you can jump on the bandwagon as long yeah. as you stay there. Right, right. And I think and, and, and I think that's a problem, and we've talked about this on Rutherford's show with the recruiting, particularly with football, you know, that, you know, over the last several years, you know, oh. You know, you see UK as the fun program. You know, the so, and, yeah. and these are kids that you know that it. You know, I know you can I mean, say, that, well, Louisville's that, good was good six years ago with Lamar. Yeah, six years ago these kids were like in fifth grade, and you know, you got to catch them when they're in middle school and high school. Time moves fast. You know, Ferris Bueller said it. If you don't stop and look around, you, it'll, it'll you'll miss it. Oh gosh, there we go. Back to the eighties. <laughs> well, That's come what on. you do. You got to have one at least every segment here with Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> but to your statement. point, it was. I mean, when, when was the last time Louisville had an NCAA tournament win? The kids in high school? God forbid, yeah. They I mean, were was... like 12 years old. Then that's one of my best friends, huge Louisville fan. He grew up being a Kentucky fan, but right around in that range, when we were 12 years old, Bobby Petrino got the cards rocking and rolling, right? Mm-hmm. Patino had the fun teams with Sergio Garcia and Taekwon Dean, you know? So that. Francisco, not Sergio. No, <laughs> his search is not a golfer. Sergio's the golfer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Ellis Miles, like that Final Four hey, team in '05. I was, uh, you know, 13, 14 years old. God, I'm you know, five. and that so that was peak for people jumping on the bandwagon. Um, and, yeah, UK you know, was tubby and not cool, and yeah, and then kinda, you had Petrino scoring a bunch of points. Yeah. Rom and Bush were from the city. What I do find. So, like, that makes sense to me. The well, that's one a that generation ago. I mean, it's... The one that doesn't make sense, and I know some of my friends, I don't know if they're listening today, but 
Our buddy Sammy, he's been a huge Sammy. Cats fan his whole life. Okay. He he now has a house divided flag up on his house, and it's just him. Get because he, he's a Cards fan now, too. He's he. Some of it is because he no. loves gambling on the Cards, but the bigger part of it is that, you know, he's early, mid-30s, single, and going to a Kentucky game is a whole day affair where he can't watch the other games. He can't, he couldn't drink at those games, and he couldn't gamble at those games for the longest time. When he was in Louisville, he could he would drive over to Indiana before sports gambling happened. He could make all of his bets. Yeah. In between, he could maybe drive over. But the other part of it is, is going to a Louisville game is like going out to the bars, right? And you see a bunch of people you know. You know, you, it, it's not the same atmosphere for Kentucky games. So he has become a dyed-in-the-wool Louisville fan who, and it's because he also says he's a Louisville alumni. So now he has Louisville Cardinal alumni shirts that he wears. Okay, I know. This, first of all, I know why he's single because he clearly <laughs> can't make up his mind on anything. <laughs> but is that fair or foul? Should he be allowed to wear the Louisville alumni shirt and say, uh, you know, he's he's a Cardinal alumni, so he's going to wear his Cardinal alumni shirt? It's it's a foul because he's still like doing this house divided crap. Because he loves the cats too, the covering cats. No, that's just no. I mean, listen, I I'll bet on UK for or against. I'll bet on teams I don't I despise some I downright loathe, but I mean that's not gonna. I mean if they win me money, that's great. I'm I'm still a U of L fan, you know, first, second, third, and fourth. I mean I just know I, I I'm not a fan of of multiple fanhoods from people. I've got another buddy of mine. It's like he's he's the Ohio State football Duke basketball fan, and I mean he I give him crap. I've been giving him crap for twenty years on it, and he still like doesn't understand why I think to a degree. And I'm like. Because you're an idiot. <laughs> it's like you can't root for you can't have one and the other. I uh, so no. Sammy, dude, loser. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sammy a big guy? No. No, okay, not at loser. All. <laughs> He's not like, like on Wednesday we're talking about walking. I'm like, ah, screw that dude. I realized he was six six four hundred pounds. I'm like, yeah. He's not that. You know what? Maybe we are a little entitled and snobbish. So, you know, may, maybe you are right. <laughs> he's uh he's been on the show too. Big horse racing fan. Who that Walker or Sammy? Sammy. Not, okay. not Walker. <laughs> Don't think we've had Dion Walker on the show. We've had Josh Caddis, haven't had D- big Dion. Um but we we will have a big game on Saturday. Oh, if you've yeah. listened to the show this what? week, you've Let me let me ask you a question. Yes, you can interrupt you real quick. Here we go. Yes. Get, get used to it. Uh it's been a while since it's happened. Uh, Mike likes to ask me confidence levels. Where am I at at a certain point in a week? Yes. How confident am I? Where, I, you know, zero being we're going to get our butt kicked to ten being we're going to win by sixty points. Where is the Roush confidence level with that mind, that scale in mind going into this game in, tw- in twenty seven hours or so? Oh, you're going to love to hear this. I'm very confident. Not confident. I mean, three and a half. Ooh, I, almost zero Whoa. confidence that Kentucky will win. Oh, now is this the, based on just the South Carolina or and the performances that Kentucky's put up this year, or is this impressed by Uncle Brom? He tell you something yesterday at Thanksgiving that we don't know about. No, it's it's okay. It's a lot of bofa. It's mostly the mental state of this team, this Kentucky football team. Okay, they've been fragile all year. Wow, very fragile all year. When game when the when the going gets tight. The, the tight have not got going. They have collapsed. 
in every pressure point possible. So I that that's part of it. Whereas on the other hand, Louisville has performed well in close games, and they've had to have some breaks go their way. But well, but sometimes you make your own breaks. Exactly, and they they've played through it, right? Yeah. So like, even if Kentucky gets up for this game, right? Even if they can, I I don't I don't think they will. I think they're going to get in fights, and Louisville's going to end up taking advantage of them making stupid, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and all sort of stuff. Like, Kentucky's going to be the team that does that. They're going to look like the more undisciplined team. But uh, and, even even if they do the thing, Trevor, where they can start fast and it looks like they're beating up Louisville, I just have no faith that in a close game, which it will have to be, that Kentucky will not collapse. I just I, – there's nothing – at this point, you are what you are, and every time that that's happened this year, they've fallen short because Devin Leary just isn't that guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I fully understand you're willing to move on from Dennis Leary. I, I get that. <laughs> Which, by the way, he did mention earlier this week. He hasn't. Um, he hasn't mentioned like he he said on Wednesday he hasn't considered. Or excuse me, on Tuesday he hasn't considered using a medical hardship waiver, but he does want to play in a bowl game because he hasn't played in a bowl game. He never played in a bowl game? Was he injured? Because they, they, that was the the game that UCLA, UCLA got, quote-unquote, COVID oh, yeah. 24 hours before the kickoff. Oh, the 2020 paranoia era. Uh, God love it. Uh, I tell you, there, there's something, and you mentioned kind of like the, the something you said about, like I don't want to say dirty plays, but like being aggressive, and that's something Mike kind of brought up with the show on us on Tuesday show. That that was a good point. Kentucky over the last few years has just mentally punked out Louisville, and you yes. saw that especially like yes. last last year particularly. And Cunningham was like just a, a mental, you know, female dog to them. I mean, they, right. they they gimped him. I mean, it was it wasn't pretty. I mean, he he is and, going to be the only quarterback to ever lose this rivalry four times. It uh, might be one of the few that's ever lost is, any rivalry years. game. Four times, because usually if you're bad enough to lose to your rival four times, they quit playing you. You get yeah. bitched. <laughs> we didn't have anybody else to put in there. Which but, is sadder, uh, and, though. Like, why didn't he go to the port? And a great I example no of that sense. was last year where, you know, Louisville comes in. I think Louisville was favored going into that game. And Louisville, in, in fairness, I mean, compared to especially the three before, it was Louisville was hung in there a little longer, and the game wasn't as, as decisively a blowout as the three previous was. And that was more of a Kentucky problem. Even though it wasn't close, field yeah. goals in the red zone instead of scoring touchdowns. But, I mean, early in that game is, is what I bring up is, you know, Kentucky doing what they've done, whether it be throwing trash cans into our huddle or, yep. or Lynn Bowden just that straight up just starting fights before the game against other people. Uh, they, you know, he didn't start a fight before the game against. <laughs> no, that wasn't UFL. That was the bowl game. This right? is the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. We did do that, that but, in but, 2014 <laughs> with like Charles Walker and Jeff Bidette and Drew Parker. That was that was the year y'all threw the the the, the trash. Trash can. cans was um, 17. <laughs> okay, There's who was the, who was the defensive player that did that again? Denzel Ware. Denzel, Ware, thank you. Yeah. It was I knew it was a defensive player. So, but the point being, and and, and get there and make a long story short, if it's not too late. Is that you know you saw that play going out of bounds? UK just in in something Cunningham's head, and then we look at the Miami game, and this is what Mike brought up, which was a great thing. I, and if you saw the end of that game where you know their their yes. receivers upset, mm-hmm. and our we're just we're just looking at him, and he he, he mugs us. In the past, Satterfield teams would have probably snapped back, but no, by like Quincy Riley, and, and in both situations, whether it be the kickoff or that play, you know we're talking some trash. They mean mug us. We're just laughing and pointing and getting the flag. 
You know, that's that is a, a stronger mental aspect of this team that is going to be, I think, huge going into the UK game, especially knowing that you know the fan bases are telling them, "Hey, they just whooped you for four years in a row," or whatever. So that maybe that's the cockiness and, and well, well. So that, here, here's that Walker here, thought of part of it is there's a different in approach, right? Like Satterfield clearly did not know how to handle rivalry football. When well, yeah, you look at Cincinnati this year. When you in, yeah, he, <laughs> he lost, lost to Mi- Miami. Yeah, you know? he's he's like, I don't understand what the big deal he, is. He, he does not understand <laughs> rivalries. He's whining about L's down after the game, whereas no. it's clear that Jeff does. I mean, he's been talking about the importance of this game since they hired him. I right? mean, you saw it when he was at Purdue with IU as well. Yeah, I mean, he he's only lost two of them as a head coach. Um, he was four and two as an assistant in the Governor's Cup. His two losses were when he was assistant for Craig Thorpe, naturally. But the, the <laughs> part of it, you have to make it a a big deal. You don't want to make it too big where they get out in their own heads and they start stuff. But I I just worry uh, that we've seen Kentucky come out ready to come out swinging in this rivalry game every time. Is it going to be? Coming out swinging because it's your only hope, or is it going to be coming out swinging because you're you've got the upper hand and you know you can bully these guys into submission? I think it's a little bit more of the former because let's be real, one of Kentucky's biggest trash talking guys is Barry on Brown, and he has a fifty percent catch rate this year. It's horrific. He's been targeted more than any other wide receiver on UK's roster, and he's just falling flat. He's not getting it done. Is it is is Leary issues been all because Louisville fans don't seem to, and I'm not saying it's all plumber, but Louisville fans look more when you look at the lack of offense passing attack at Louisville. Louisville fans have looked more at blaming plumber because the, the, we look at the receivers we have around us and you, you take these, they're too good. And you just the eye test as well, seeing them under throw passes sometimes. With UK, I know the receiving core has been underachieving. Is it is that the receive Leary under, under, underachieving because of the receiving core or vice versa? It's a little bit of both, okay, and th- which is a very dumb like you you want black and white answers, but there is nuance to it, right? Some of it is Barryon Brown being very bad at tracking the ball and deep balls. Not a good thing for a receiver. Nope. Um, I mean, especially as a guy who can run, he can run by people, but then he can't find the ball and go make the catch. Oh well, the Chiefs will sign him right away. <laughs> <laughs> but the other part of it is Leary just being inconsistent consistently inconsistent which is what you i mean again i've said this tom blue in the face or hopefully red in the face to me a little when, when people like tell me like clear my uk fans like Larry sucks I'm like again he's a sixth year college quarterback did, did what did you expect i mean no offense if he was if he was well, better he'd been in the pros three years ago well but I part mean, of it is the the injury the reason why is because of the injuries injuries are side he'd have still gone pro if, if you know if the, the potential was there so I, I just my whole. I mean, he sucks. I just think you know is what he is. And and I think part of it too, Trevor. The biggest problem is that Leary, I think, needs to have his hand held to get some of these guys the football. And Liam Cohen hasn't done that for him. How where are you at with Liam Cohen? Disappointed? Okay. Um, and I feel I feel like this has been somewhat of a honeymoon, like 2.0 Petrino re- reunion almost. No, not yet, because I, I think a lot of what he needed to do is stuff that you can't do in the middle of the season, where 
it has to be sort of stylistic. Just, I, I don't think you can go to no huddle spread stuff in the middle of the year without really if you're not used having to it. significant problems. I mean, it just like that. The, it felt like the changes that they needed to make are stuff that you have to do in the offseason. They made some minor tweaks in the bye week and that worked against Tennessee, but it also worked because they loaded the box to stop the run and things were open down the field. Um, but and the Ray Davis kid's been good. But I, I'll, well, and the thing is, though, is he's been bad as of late. He's really missed a lot of holes. And so I, I part of it is I, I can't be too mad at Liam Cohen because. Part of the problem is that every time one good thing happens, like, hey, the running game's going well. Now we got to figure out the passing game. Oh, sweet. We figured out the passing game. Now the running game stinks because the running backs aren't hitting the holes or the offensive line has forgotten what to do. Like, yes, some of that falls on coaching, but it's really hard as a play caller when your players are so inconsistent on a drive by drive basis. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. Um, and, and so, the, and I, and here's the other part too. The most frustrating thing I've ever heard Trevor, you go into a preview game within the last year, several years. Oh yeah, I, I am down on this team. Like you've been like normally, I'm like yeah, you're just like I'm having to bring it down. Yeah, down I'm to earth. talking yeah, too yeah. much trash. Yeah, but I'm down on this team right now, and I'm blaming it a lot on the players. Okay. Um, I you know, and because for me, I've seen there's there's more out on Cohen that tells me that it's not a Cohen problem. It's a it's a players problem. Um, now the other question is, does he need to have a all time great running back and all time receiver on his roster to be good at offense? That's a fair question. And I think that's why his scheme is going to have to evolve this off season. See that, and that's, and we and go back to, I mentioned, I call, you know, I referred to the Brahm as a chameleon. I mean, is this a Liam Cohen where he's just like, I'm, I want to run my style regardless of this matches what it does. And that's, I, that's not a sign of a good coach if it is. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, he has to adjust his offense to to I mean till till he gets the guys in there he wants and has another Wandell Robinson maybe and then, you know another whoever running backs worth. And, and I and I think he's done Robert, some things here and there, but you can't go tempo after if you don't get the explosive play first, right? Well, um, yeah, dang. And he's and he's made some mistakes. I'm sure he really regrets uh, dropping back for uh, a, a deep shot to start that final drive with Leary instead of handing the football off. But I, I, I do uh, I do think he's tried to at least make some adjustments, just that not all of them have been executed. I, I, <laughs> he sounds so down, man. I'm like, like we're in separate rooms. Don't you come over and give you a hug? Like, I need to I'm like, tell you it's going to be okay. I mean, it's not because we're going to beat you and we're going to take a little Howard and, and, and we're going to win and we're going to win on tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, but I mean, other than that, it's, it's going to be okay. I mean, yeah, you, Brooks still loves you. You got two great kids. I know. It's just it's how the dog's be, doing. <laughs> the, the dog is doing okay. He is getting a little older. I'm sure. Yeah, he's getting older. So, like, yeah. asking him to go up and down the steps sometimes, he's just like, dude, I'm just let me sleep. I can relate. I don't want to. I don't. I felt that steps. way times before. <laughs> uh, but no, I. I th- there's some problems chemistry wise with this team. Like when Liam Cohen was asked what they were looking for in the portal, he said leadership. So, well, I mean, something that you if that clearly that tried to tell get you Leary, all you yeah. need to know right there, right? Like, because for all the things we can say about Plummer, I feel like he has, like, you can see when he's down. And I think there has been some leadership there, though, from him. And that's all that you saw that, I think, in the Miami game, particularly Georgia Tech, even to a degree in week one. 
if that's the case, then that is definitely on your player, and that's definitely on Leary saying so he's not a leader. Here, here is one thing that will make me a little optimistic, Trevor. Because your guy, Jack Palmer, does like to throw interceptions. Well, he he has he, – when he when he doesn't turn the ball over – I've said this is a joke, like – I feel like he's our Trent Dilfer this year. Like I know our defense isn't the two thousand Bengals or two thousand Ravens to be you know extreme, but like he just just don't turn the ball over. And normally with our our running game is can get one or two enough plays usually, and our defense is going to keep everything at least in reach. Then you don't need him. You don't need Plummer to win you a game. Now, he had to, we required him to make some plays a little more than maybe we'd asked in the past in the Miami game, but he still didn't, you're still not asking him to throw the ball. He shouldn't have to throw the ball more than 25, 30 times in a game. And I think he's only done that three times a season. One of those is the Pittsburgh So, game. Kentucky is the, was George Tech. the top-ranked defense in the SEC when it comes to limiting long rushing plays. They have the fewest, o- only four runs they've allowed of over 20-plus yards this year. And only 36 of 10-plus yards. Kentucky's really good at preventing that bi- those big plays from happening, those big chunks. So that's the part of this where I am optimistic, is I think Louisville's going to have to be methodical on drives, and their Plumber's going to have to throw it 30-plus times. And that's that's a danger zone territory for it the is. It is. It is. And so you don't want to see from Louisville. It's also, I mean, it, I guess it does depend on also what kind of passes he's throwing. Like, we've talked about Plumber's. in the underneath stuff has been solid. He just... He lacks the arm strength, I think, to go deep. You saw that. In the, there was a big play in the Miami game where uh, he had – I want to see – I don't think it was threats. I'm trying to remember the receiver was. It was open. Mm-hmm. And he just the arm strength's not there. And by the time the ball gets there, the Miami safety, Kitchens, who's is good, you know, is, is coming across the field and picks it off. You know, that's just one of those plays where it's, you know, you just maybe he should have thrown it a second earlier, but it's mostly just that's the difference between his arm and, and you know, an NFL arm. And, and so I think if, you know, the recipe to winning is pretty clear and it's all about mucking it up defensively, creating turnovers, and stopping the run. Um, and so if Kentucky can create some turnovers, give the offense some short fields, that's why I, uh, there is a chance. And, yes, I'm three and a half is, is on the low side. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> but – they have a chance. They have a chance to win. I did. Uh, the thing that just, I thought you would chance. be much more cocky going into this, Trevor. I thought you would be ready to dance on my grave. Well, and- I can't because of last last year particularly. But on the other hand, I'm I am confident in this game. I jokingly and said that you know yesterday, or on sorry on uh, Tuesday show with Mike that you know I was like a, I think I was a six point nine, which is about where I'm still am really. I am, I am confident. I just. Until we actually finally do it, I, there is just a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind. I, you know, I'm kind of like Steve Carell when he's trying to lose his virginity in Fort Hill Virgin. You know, like a, I'm confident I can do it, but until but I finally you, you've got the scar tissue. Finally, until I mean, what, what, have you not seen the last Kentucky. four or five years? I mean, come on. I, I mean, mean, Trevor, where were you the last time Louisville beat Kentucky at home? I was probably at the game. What you? No, no, that no, I haven't. I take that back. I wasn't. When was the last time? Was that I the mean, Lamar sophomore year, I guess? I mean, Trevor, it's been so long. <laughs> I was... Well, that's the thing about this series, though. This series up, does go in groups. We, I, we have discovered that. I, I, I wasn't even dating my wife then. It's been so long. Wow, it didn't take a long to quarter, huh? It, it was <laughs> a month later we started dating. That's how long it's been. 
and we've been married now for five years. Well, hopefully, the the, the, the end of this uh, your all streak of dominance won't end your marriage either. I hope. I mean, I'm uh, <laughs> saying that once the prom starts winning, that Brooks is going to. I leave remember you? very vividly <laughs> after. I mean, my buddy was. I think he was still. Yeah, he was still punting for U of L. Guy that I went to high school with was Louisville's punter, and I saw him at at hoops after the game, and I was like. Seriously, how did that guy come in? And, how how did Kyle Bolin come in and throw those touchdown passes? <laughs> Bolin, that's the name I was trying how to How did Kyle Bolin come in and throw those touchdown <laughs> we just passes? Had to show He's him not good. Day. And his words exactly were, if there was one person that could come in and have the confidence to win that game, it's Kyle Bolin. God, that was 2014. That was the last time that Louisville has won a game at Kentucky, against Kentucky at home. I was still dating the the last girl I was dating. I, we we hadn't even broken up by that point. I was not Scoots was probably with this is Indiana. Girl. I mean, yeah. or maybe even Walmart girl. Good lord, I just hadn't thought about it being that long. Yes, it's been an eternity. And you know what? Well, almost a decade. Let's technically. keep this train rolling. All yeah, right, we're, cats, we're go low. get it done. Go get it done and go eat some salsaritas too. Well, I tell you what, I, put we, some salsaritas in your belly. We got about weekend. three minutes. Give me, uh, bro, uh, give me, give me a score prediction. For tomorrow, because TJ and Scoots will be... I'm, I'm going to give you some wildly addictive chips in your mouth. You're going to stop by Salsaritas and get some tacos, uh, quesadilla, um, <laughs> you know, just anything you want. Quesarito, burrito, Salsaritas, it's the best. Two locations, one in St. Matthews and one in Middletown. Trevor, I ultimately think that... I'm not going to be the most pessimistic, but I do think that whatever close game will be, it'll end up being a 24-14 Louisville victory where it's close enough just to get some Louisville folks worried. But ultimately, Kentucky can't handle any in-game pressure. They won't be able to put enough on Plummer to make it happen. And the the, the Cards win an ugly game. Uh, if you're going to be an optimistic fan, maybe the under is the play here. Who's, the, I, who's the MVP for you? Grindo will have two touchdowns. And, uh, and that'll be it. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher scoring. I think Louis, I'm going to go Louisville. Uh, 30, 31 to 17 with the victory. Uh, and I'm going to go kind of off the wall. I'm going to say Ashton Gelato with the MVP, three sacks in the game and a forced fumble. Oh, I'm going to wow. go, go a little, yeah, go a little, go wild and wacky with you. Like, uh, like those, uh, wild and wacky chips from Salsaritas. Well, the good thing is folks is TJ is you're, you're basically getting the devil on one shoulder and the angel on one. I'm the devil speaking bad thoughts into your ear about this game. TJ's going to come in with Justin Buston, Kale, and the Scooter Dingus. No one's ever compared me to an angel. And <laughs> they they are going to tell you how the Cats are going to win this game. They're excited. They're fired up. They're ready to go for the Governor's Cup. They're going to tell you how little Howard's staying in Kentucky blue. Oh, no. Hey, I, you can finally beat Purdue, Scoots. Congratulations. <laughs> I know it's been so long. Get that bucket back. Get that bucket back, finally. You're welcome. <laughs> Are we ready to roll to a break, Trevor? Uh, let's 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 get out of here. Let them finish up the show. You and me go get ready. Let's go have a drink and get ready to watch this game tomorrow. Woohoo! Well, I, I still hope the Cats can pull one out, even though I'm not confident. Let TJ and Justin get you confident for another hour of Kentucky Roll Call right here on the Big Axe Sports Radio. Over. 
you say over? I heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here oh. on Big X Sports Go. Radio. It is Friday, November 24th, 2023. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate Roush and Trevor doing a recording for hour number one. I hope that's not playing spoiler for you. Although if you listen to it like a million times, they were like, yesterday was Tuesday and we've got Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's like, Scoots, if you're going to do a recording and you want it to pretend to be Friday, don't do that. That's interesting that you have that take because I was thinking the opposite. I thought they did a nice job. I thought Trevor Trevor had one slip up, but I thought for the most part they did a really good job acting like it was Friday. No, they, they slipped up several times. <laughs> I listened to the hour – interesting hour you could definitely tell the first 30 minutes Roush was totally distracted with something else Trevor would just say something and Roush would do his classic just take the last word of what he said and then just build something (laughs) off of that and Trevor was like yeah and then our offensive lineman got hurt on that terrible field at Pittsburgh field at Pittsburgh sure it was the field at Pittsburgh (laughs) let me ask you this Trevor but I appreciate them doing that hour they, we, of course, had Trevor in studio on Wednesday, and then I had to get out a little bit early for work, and they re, Roush really did not want to work this morning, which is understandable. A lot of people didn't want to work this morning. Hopefully, you're not working. Hopefully, you're listening to us not at the office or on a commute or wherever you are, but uh, he didn't want to work, and that's understandable, but Scoots, it's the Governor's Cup tomorrow. I feel like we needed at least some sort of live radio And we've got that with you and myself, so I appreciate you coming in. Hopefully that extra hour sleeping in was beneficial to you man it was it was awesome yeah when I when the alarm went off at like 6 30 or whatever it was I was like holy smokes I'm gonna be late and then I was like wait I'm not on till eight o'clock today come on so yeah I'm I'm feeling good it was was a good start to the day the as you know the initial Kentucky roll call the OG Kentucky roll call Mm -hmm. at its conception was from eight to ten so this this would be a normal start back in the day and I don't know how long we did that for maybe a year ish maybe a year and a half and then we went from seven to nine really I guess it was after Coyle Coyle. got out of got out of town but uh yeah that hour makes it, it it makes a pretty big difference I think my morning would be significantly different if uh if you had that hour but uh whatever we're driving here in the daylight was awesome well that you can thank uh the times the daylight savings for that yeah and global warming, probably, <laughs> somehow. Get your text into the Thornton's text line. We'll try to read them. It is a Governor's Cup show. It's a game day edition. UK basketball also plays tonight, taking on Marshall. And then the Cats in the cards tomorrow at noon, just uh, under 28 hours until kickoff in that one. Big game for both programs. We'll talk about it. Roush, if you heard hour one, he is not feeling good about it. Trevor is feeling good about it, and uh, we'll talk about how we feel as the show goes on. Scoots, how was your Thanksgiving? How was Thursday for you? Did you gobble till you wobble, or wobble I, uh, till you gobble? No, I actually, so I did the thing yesterday. I went to my dad's wife's family's house. That's what I do every Thanksgiving. 
And I, I get there, and there's like three people that are like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm here every year. Oh, well, we don't have a seat for you at the table. They got they got like four long tables always every year. Oh, my god! And they got name tags at each of the spots. And they're like, yeah, we don't have a spot for you. I'm like, what the hell? I'm, I'm literally here every freaking year. Well, why aren't you on the list? I don't know. Who's got the list? I'll sign my name up for next year. So I get there. I actually had to, well, I was going to have to eat on the counter, but they ended up making a spot for me. So I got to join the table with everybody else, but it was good. I, I did the thing where I only ate small portions of everything to ensure that I wasn't just overly full come the end. Cause I never really do dessert on Thanksgiving. Cause I just don't have room. I'd, I'd rather have the real food. Um, so I, I ate light in terms of the real food light portions and then i was able to eat dessert so yeah i was i went home pretty dang full last night i, I told gil last night that i'm probably not going to eat today so just please don't make anything in the house <laughs> you and gil yeah you're gonna eat something today i don't know that i will and secondly i can't get over the fact that they just didn't have a spot at the table i was so ticked off there there was there was three or four people that were like what are you doing here I would be Thanks, totally offended. I, I was. Yeah, I, I was. Would, I, I would too. I would have made a scene at Thanksgiving. Really ruined the day. I should have actually just probably turned around and like, all right, y'all don't want me here. See you. I'm going back home. Flip over the table. Did you bring any food? No, you? heck no. Oh, so you came empty-handed. Well, everybody comes empty-handed to this Thanksgiving. It's like a, it's kind of like a catering family. They do a lot of. They used to do like a lot of catering back in the day. So, yeah, you just don't need to bring anything. That's wild. Well, otherwise, though, sounded uh, at least you, you got full. Yeah. Ate a lot of good food, watched catered a, food. Watched a lot of football, although not good football, but I watched a lot of football. Uh, it was good football for TJ. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. That first play to start off the Packers game was electric. Yeah, it was It was awesome. I definitely thought at different points the Lions were coming back until probably midway through the third quarter, and I was like, oh, man, Green Bay, going to win this game. That's pretty exciting. And I told you, Scoots, if you look at the rest of Green Bay's schedule, if you can just if you could get one of the Lions or Chiefs the rest of the way, I think it's like the Panthers and the Giants and the Bears, and I think the Vikings are on there as well, which they're playing well. But that, but uh, if that's a game you got to win to get to the playoffs, that's obtainable, I would think. But, yeah, they're still – in the thick of the playoff hunt, so that's exciting for me. Going to give me some more important football to watch in the month of December, which I wasn't really sure if that would be the case a couple a couple weeks ago or not. But suck it to Mike Rutherford, just setting the tone for this week. First, it was Green Bay uh, over your sad Detroit Lions, just like the sad Jack Harlow halftime show. And then on Saturday, it's going to be the Kentucky Wildcats against your Louisville Cardinals. But that was sweet. I was happy to see it. Uh, that was a, a bit of a surprise. Gosh, I would have won a lot of money if A.J. Dillon just could have scored a touchdown. <laughs> I parlayed him with Laporta anytime touchdowns. And Laporta, uh, obviously, just like right off the get-go, didn't yeah. have to sweat that one. But uh, couldn't get Dillon in there, and his Green Bay just kept scoring. I was like, one, I don't know how many more points they're going to score. And then Dillon's just not a very good running back. I like A.J. Dillon. Seems like a nice guy. appreciate what he did at Boston College. He had a huge game once against L. ran all over them. Uh, in a home game for U of L, if I'm not mistaken, but he's just not a very good NFL running back. And with Aaron Jones out, he he's almost better in the passing game. Just you got to get him out in space, but he can't create space himself anymore. He's not quick enough to do it, and he's still strong as an ox, but he's got to be able to get the ball in space for him to do anything positive, and he just can't do it behind the line of scrimmage. But Green Bay wins. That was exciting. And then you're right, Scoots. The other two games, 
but we did have some solid college basketball on throughout the day. Yeah, I didn't realize that until late last night, and I was on my on my one of my score apps, and I was looking at all the scores, and I was like, "Holy smokes, there were some actually really good games at college yesterday." Creighton got smacked by Colorado State. Holy moly! Yeah. Also, it could just be my headphones, but you're you're a little hot on my ears. But it could just be I've got you turned up. Too uh, headphones are up a little louder than they normally are. Of course, I don't know. I don't think I can do anything about it on my end. I got just, you. Just just letting you know. Uh, fun college basketball. The Cats take on Marshall today. I you know I'm a gut feeling guy. I felt good about St. Joe's covering, especially that first half line. Uh, on Tuesday or whatever day of the week that was, that UK Monday, whatever day of the week UK played, I feel good about UK covering tonight. I think this is going to be a, a a fun UK game. I think this is going to be quote unquote like your final test run before Tuesday's big time Miami game. Hey, let's look sharp in this one because we've got a Final Four team coming to town, and I think they will. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any turkey hangover from yesterday. I think the turkey hangover was a pre-hangover, and I think that was the St. Joe's game. I think they'll come out a little bit more focused, ready to rock and roll, more set defensively, and more importantly, Marshall just doesn't have the same guards that St. Joe's have. That's going to give UK some troubles, both hitting threes and with their ability to have UK have to overextend on the perimeter where it makes it a little easier for guards to drive by, get inside, and St. Joe's also had some seven-footers that could finish around the paint, beat UK up inside the paint a little bit, and... That won't be the case with Marshall. So if you're looking for some bets, UK first half I like. UK game I like as well. What's the line? I think they were 17 and a half, okay. give or take, maybe a point. The first half's probably, what, eight and a half, nine and a half? Yeah, this morning they actually didn't have the first line, the first half line up at the time. Um, but I'm sure it'll – I think you're right. It'll probably be something like that, maybe set anywhere from seven to ten probably. And then – I did just throw a couple bucks on Marshall first to 10 points, Marshall first to 20 points, just because Kentucky has been starting slow lately, Mm -hmm. and you can get really good juice on those particular bets. I think like Marshall to 20, first to 20 is like plus 600 or something like that. Yeah. So like, I don't think it's going to happen. Again, I think UK starts well today, looks good throughout the duration of the game, but With the way UK started, and I haven't been doing this, and I probably should have been, if you just do that every game, you're definitely coming out ahead at this point with the juice taken into consideration. But um, just a couple bets for you tonight. If we get some player props or something, before we get off the air, I'll share some of those with you. Normally, those don't come out until a little bit later. We're going to talk more Governor's Cup. I'm pumped about it. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Yeah, Roush is, is super negative about this game, Scoots. Yeah. And, and you are too, and maybe that's just coming a little bit from Roush, Mr. UK football guy, and you hearing him say that, that that warps into your brain a little bit. And secondly, you've got a team with 10 wins going into a game with a team that has six and I- has only has one since uh, the, cal- the calendar turned into October. So, yeah, I, I, I think that you take those into consideration – you're getting a little bit more negative UK takes from the KRC and the big exports radio. I admittedly have come around to Kentucky's side a little bit more than I was earlier oh, okay. in the week. I like that. I said uh, I said earlier in the week I thought Kentucky was going to get their head kicked in. You did? Very I, graphic. I, oh, by the way, speaking of, when I was out on Wednesday, Roush said teeth kicked in. What's more graphic? I would say your head. I'd say your head. I mean, okay. n- n- both graphic. Neither ideal, 
but like your head getting kicked in, that means your head's getting kicked so hard that it's like caving in on itself. Yeah, that is. Where now you're getting your yeah. teeth kicked in, we can all kind of visualize. I mean, not fun to visualize, wouldn't certainly be fun to feel either. But yeah, the head the head getting kicked in is just brutal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. But no, I've, I've switched a little bit. I, I initially thought Louisville would win by, I don't know, anywhere from 17 to 21, 24, somewhere in that range. Now I'm down to, I think it'll be a 10-point game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a touchdown at that, at that juncture as well. Well, the spread is a touchdown. Oh, well, then I got to stick with 10. I can't go to touchdown. I can't go with the spread. You That's could just have out. the correct take that UK is going to win outright. Hit that <laughs> money line. Just I can't see it, TJ. I just can't. In what area could you not see it? Well, here's the thing. So I, I'm not the guy to have in studio in terms of breaking down each team and and why I think a certain way. I, I just don't know football like that. I know football, but I'm not the I'm not the type of guy that's sitting on my couch watching. Hey, why is Louisville's defense done good this year? Hey, why is Kentucky's offense struggling? I I can't really tell you the X's and O's between all of it. I just got to go with the eye test, and w- the eye test tells me that Louisville, yet while they have yes played a pretty weak schedule ACC's obviously down the fact that they've been able to win 10 games and two of those being on the road extremely close games they had the neutral site game that was extremely close and they found ways to win those games whereas Kentucky has had and you know this there's been two or three games that were going into the games considered winnable games and Kentucky just did not find ways to win them didn't even find ways to compete really in those games so that's that's really what I'm basing it off of. Like I said, it's it's not an X's and O's thing for me. It's it's an eye test. Well, okay, fair enough. Kentucky's been competitive in every game that wasn't Alabama and Georgia. And yeah. The Missouri game ended up being lopsided, but UK had the lead in the fourth quarter. I don't know. Didn't game. South Carolina get co- kind of ugly? It was seventeen to fourteen. Oh, that's right. UK yeah, had the ball right. at the fifty yard line going in with like two minutes to win. Sure. And I mean, at minimum, you got to get a field goal and have overtime there. And UK turns it over just instantly on the first play. Uh, silly, silly, dumb mistakes have cost this team. But the narrative, and that's what is so weird about Roush, is that like the narrative going into that South Carolina game was this team is frustrating. It hasn't been the season that we've wanted it to be, but. Everybody loses to Alabama and Georgia. And then the Missouri game, that punt just totally changed things. And that was a weird play, but not excusing it. You still, that was a bad. UK fans were upset after that game, and rightfully so. Same with the Tennessee game. And of course, UK fans, UK, I mean, it's not really a debate. UK should have won the South Carolina game. They played horribly, they Mm -hmm. didn't take care of the ball, and they still had a chance to win late in that game. But the narrative was, this UK team will beat up on average to bad teams, but they're going to probably lose to good or, or great teams. And it just where is U of L? Where do they where do they fit in there? And I just think again, and I again South Carolina just beat UK. I think they're closer to a South Carolina mold than they are even to a Missouri mold. And Kentucky is much bigger in the trenches. UofL has really improved. I think Gelati is going to have a good game for them on the defensive line, but they're still bigger. Trevor's MVP pick. He's, he's what a g- clown. Why is that a clown? I, just, I don't know. Who's a, who on the line's going to – a lineman's never going to win MVP. A lineman has won the MVP in this In game. the Governor's Cup, yeah. really? Yeah, Dexter Heyman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's front seven guy. But uh, it, there's been Elvis Dewar or who uh, – Amobi Okoye had a huge game in the UK UofL game. He had like seven sacks in that one. 
There's been defense linemen that have had huge games okay. in this one. I, I like the Gelati pick. He's, okay. he's good. He's going to have to probably make some plays or be disruptive for them. Stephen Heron's also good, but not as – he's just more kind of do my job. I'm not going to get beaten where Gelati is like, I'll, I'll go make a play for you. I'll go change the direction of this game. He's somebody that UK is going to have to look after. But Kentucky's just bigger again. That's been the case when the UK's had the advantage in this rivalry. They've just been bigger and better in the trenches. And while it is as close as that margin has ever been in the UK UofL rivalry, or at least over the last six years in the Stoops era, I'm talking about not forever, forever, it's still an advantage for Kentucky. And I think these teams are pretty comparable. Underwhelming QB play that leaves you wanting a little bit more. Uh, wide receivers that you feel good about, and U of L's have proven a little bit more. I'll give them credit for that, but against a weaker schedule than what Kentucky's gone against. But a lot of talent at that position. If the quarterbacks can just get them the ball, and on UK's end, it's a little bit more complex than that. They don't need to drop the ball either, or get the ball and then fumble the ball. But but talented wide receivers that you maybe just don't see as much of as we would have considered. And then really good running back room for both teams. These teams are comparable. Uh, mm -hmm. Both teams have secondaries that are a little head-scratching and can get picked on a bit. But with both these teams, quarterbacks, it's going to be interesting. I don't say that they're mirror images of one another, but they're similar teams. Kentucky, I think, has a few advantages in talent and size which matters in football, I'm told. And UofL has advantages in coaching and momentum and demeanor. And that obviously really matters in a football game. Who? So I, I just don't see a scenario UofL blows out Kentucky. Um, I just – I don't. I don't – I think people picking that are projecting a little bit. The last few years, they're not nothing. They, uh, You got a new coach in for UofL. We understand that. But Stoops has turned a corner in this rivalry, and until proven otherwise – I think you have to assume that Kentucky's going to be in this game. Who holds the edge in terms of playmakers, in your opinion? Because I think that's what it comes down to. Which, which team has the guys that's going to go out and make plays? Yeah, it's a. It's, you probably have U of L folks say U of L. You probably have UK folks maybe say UK. It's probably about even in terms of playmakers. Both have running backs that can break off big plays and can be consistent. Uh, Jordan for U of L, he's banged up. I, if, Honestly, if I'm a Kentucky fan, I'd almost rather see him. He's trying to play through this stuff, and he's just not as good. Um, but Grindo, their backup, he is he is good. Uh, if UL were smart, and Brahm is, I would just give him the lion's share of the carries and maybe Jordan a token carry here or there. But he's a, it's about even, Scoots. Like, and then out, out wide receiver, Thrash, they've got guys where they can make unbelievable catches, but also just get in space and make guys miss. And that's what I think you're going to see Brom do a lot of, just try to find the soft holes in UK's defensive zone and get those guys the ball and hope UK misses some tackles, which UK has done. And then, of course, as frustrated as we've been with Dane Key and Barry on Brown, it's Barry on still a freak athlete. He can still make things happen with the ball in his hand. And you never know. Maybe this is the game that they hit on that deep ball. They've been about a step off, just about a step off. And maybe this is the game they hit on. So I'd say about even um, if I'm trying to be unbiased. I, if, if a U.K. guy said U.K. has more playmakers, I don't think you could really argue. I think Ray Davis is probably the best offensive player between the two teams. But 
L's wide receivers have been a little bit more consistent. And then tight end play for both teams. Joey Gatewood's having a heck of a season. Former yeah. UK quarterback, former Central Florida quarterback, former Central Florida tight end, former, order, floor, former Auburn quarterback. Former Bartram Trail Bear. Former Bartram Trail Bear, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's having a solid season. Tight end's about a push. I think maybe Brom gets a little bit more creative with how he uses his tight ends than Kentucky. So if you wanted to do a slight advantage to tight ends for U of L, I probably wouldn't argue with you too much. Uh, advantage for offensive line, I'm going UK. That may be a hot take for folks, but it's it's closer than it has been. But I would take UK's offensive line against U of L's defensive line versus U of L's offensive line versus UK's defensive line if that makes sense, as I'm mm -hmm. breaking down the matchups here. But it's got to be stated, and I hate stating it, because the guy's related to Roush, after all. They've got an advantage in coaching. They just – they do. Um, I, I'm, I hope, like I said, on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day it was this week, I hope UK's coaching staff has really motivated this game. I hope they've really been studying and working hard, and they've got a game plan that they feel like is going to work. But, Scoots, I think we're going to know kind of early on uh, if the coaching advantage is as big as some people think it is. And a lot of it's going to dictate which team gets up first. I think Stoops and Kentucky have to make Braum not scrap their game plan, but just they can't go to script. And if U of L goes out there first drive, and they're going to probably have a really nice first drive script, but if they get up like 14 to nothing, and it's just Braum in his bag, just, all right, we're doing this now. Okay, we're doing this. Oh, here's a third down play I like that I think could work. Oh, it did. Okay, let's just keep let's keep the game going. I don't think the game would get ugly necessarily, but at that point, it's going to be hard to beat them. They're going to have all the momentum in the world. Braum's going to know what works, doesn't work, while playing with the lead. That's not going to be good. I think Kentucky needs to get up in this game, and I think – I think Stoops needs to get a bunch of stops, maybe create a turnover, try to get in Brom's head a little bit of being unpredictable. Brom plays and plays. He coaches football like it's a chessboard, and he's going to be well prepared for what his opponent's going to want to do on the chessboard, and he's going to try to stick to what he wants to do. But people that play chess, and I'm no expert chess player at all. I do like chess. I'm not very good at it, but Fair. I do enjoy like the the concept of it, the different strategies of it all. It's a fun it's a fun game. But people that are good at chess, which is not me, they hate and it's the same thing with like poker scoots maybe to get it more uh, a more relative term for you. People hate playing with people at the you table. You think I don't know chess? That are I don't know if you know chess the or hell. not, but I know you love some poker. <laughs> I do love poker. They hate people playing with people that are unpredictable. They hate playing with people where it's, oh, okay, I thought this is how this is going to go. Now I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. And how am I supposed to know what I need to be doing when I don't know what you're going to be doing? Stoops needs to try to get that in Brom's head somehow. And I don't know exactly how you do it. By getting up early, I think, is the easiest way. Maybe if you're Stoops, you come out and you just go to, you know what, Ray Davis, you're getting 35 carries today. And Roush and Trevor in hour number one, they kept talking about something that I kept coming back to this quote from Stoops from right when the season started or right before the season started, back into August or maybe early September, whenever it was. Or maybe, you know, maybe it was even after a game or so. But do you remember, Scoots, when Stoops said, it may not always look pretty, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the quote pulled up in front of me. We're not that good of a radio show. But I'm, so I'm paraphrasing, 
But he said it may not always look pretty, but to get this program where we need to go, we need to be two-dimensional. Basically, the emphasis of his point was we gotta we, we just can't be the team that does the wildcat and runs the ball a million times anymore. To, he said to reach the levels that we want to reach, for this program to take the next step, you need to be more versatile offensively. And basically insinuated that we're going to throw the ball, we've got to be able to throw the ball, if it doesn't look pretty, so be it. We're going to stick with it because as a program, there's only so high we can go being the running team. We can be Iowa. That's probably our ceiling there. Mm-hmm. You got it. Like Alabama used to be very power offense. We're going to control the clock. We're going to control tempo. We're going to control the game. And then Nick Saban realized, you know what? I got to. I got to be able to put up tons of points. We still want to be able to run the ball, but we've got to get we got to spread people out. We got to get freak wide receivers. We've got to get talented dual threat quarterbacks. And Nick Saban went out and did it. Easier for Alabama than it is Kentucky. I have no doubt, and that that quote's been on my mind for a bit. I have no doubt in my mind that that's part of the reason that Kentucky's sitting here at six and five is because Stoops, I think, stubbornly, although a different angle of his stubbornness, stubbornly is trying to get. Kentucky to not just be a running team do you just revert back Saturday because you need a win desperately and you say listen we're much bigger than their defensive line our offensive line isn't the big blue wall of 2019 necessarily but it's still damn good or at least better than UofL let's just Ray Davis Ray Davis Ray Davis I wonder if that may be a trick up Soup's sleeve where, hey, our wide receivers have been a little inconsistent and Devin Leary gets every other ball tipped at the line. Let's just not let, – let's try to not do anything too sexy here and let's just go win the Governor's Cup. I wonder if that's going to be the trick or the wild card play where Kentucky's been pretty two-dimensional, not always successfully, unfortunately. But I do wonder if the trick up the sleeve, if you could just see run – run, run, fourth and two, run, and that's the game plan to beat U of L. You've got to you can't let Brom just stick to the script. You gotta do something to try to get him a little flustered. Try to get Jack or Jake Plummer. Jack Plummer. Jake Jake the Snake Plummer to try to force some throws across the middle. You gotta be disruptive in this game somehow. Because if you just let Louisville kind of go through the motions, they know how to close out games in the fourth quarter. You got to get them on their heels in the fourth quarter. Try to get them to force some things. Get get that nervous energy in the crowd because with a ten win team and nervous energy in your home stadium, doesn't always go your way. This year for U of L, it has doesn't always go your way. I feel good about the game. Here, Scoots, I still feel good about it. Here's the issue I would have with that game plan: is you talked about Louisville having the advantage in coaching. Don't you think if you're running the ball 35, 40 times in a game, Jeff Brom's going to catch on to that? Yeah, but what if you just can't stop it? Like, yeah. what if you just can't stop I mean, it? I you guess just don't have the horses to do it. Yeah. I, you know, I I think that that could be on the table, potentially. And I think everybody's coming out talking about both offenses being kind of balanced. I think you're going to see one team. I hope it's Kentucky. I think you're going to see one team just find something that works, and they're just going to hammer it in. Okay. But it, an interesting dynamic is what happened in studio on Wednesday. We need to take our last commercial break. We'll come back. That, that has me probably more nervous than anything to the point that I did cancel one of my bets on the game on Saturday. I still think Kentucky wins. I still feel good about it, but I can't shake that conversation on Wednesday. I'll come back and tell you what that was on Kentucky Roll Call, Big X Sports Radio, TJ Walker, and Scoots, Black Friday edition. Kentucky, Ohio, what this is. 
Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. I'm going to be so obnoxious at the game tomorrow. Hope everybody is ready for it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm going to be I'm, – I'm, I'm excited to go, get to sit with my family, which is always a good time. Got good seats? Uh, yes, got good seats. Nice. Um, right where UofL runs out, look for little TJ. I'll be wearing blue. Not, and it's Not so little. It's a noon star, right? It's a noon kickoff. Cool. Yep, breakfast tailgate. Uh, we're not really going to do a ton of tailgating, but we're going to try to get down there as, as early as we can. But with the kids' stuff, scoots, it's a little bit different of a ball game. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, Roll 96.1 call. FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and scoots here with you. Last segment of the week. You can officially start listening to Christmas music. You can watch Christmas movies. You all have my permission to start putting up your Christmas decorations. Uh, feel free to do that now that Thanksgiving is over. And uh, congrats all those with a little bit of patience for Man, that I, stuff. But I I'll, got into the Christmas music early this year. I've been listening for a couple weeks now. Well, no, you got to wait till after Thanksgiving dinner. Nah, I've, so been, I've been feeling shame. It. Shame on you. Um, we still get over a month of Christmas with it today. Uh, so, so that's good stuff. And I'll probably be doing, gotta, I gotta work today, Scoots. Not Yuck. happy about it. I know. Like I'm going straight from here and working and then I'll do Christmas stuff pretty much all day. I've got to go, night. I've got to go hang up Christmas lights at Oma's after we're done. Okay. That's nice. So, Oma's yeah. good to have little, such a little good, bit of work. Uh, what do you call grandchild in German? Ooh, what, are you, that's, what are you? That's a great question. I don't know. Just call you Thuma. <laughs> I don't like it. No, you're good Thuma <laughs> to Oma. Yeah, so I'll I'll do that, and then of course watch the uh, the UK game and like cheesy corny dad moment. I, I'm now that she can. We don't have to have like the bedtime at seven o'clock sharp or seven ten sharp. I am looking forward to like seven o'clock, turning on the game, and having Lucy watch it for the first half and I'm doing air quotes around watch because she doesn't really watch but she, she'll she cheer she'll kind of get into it a little <laughs> bit it's really cute it's fun the only issue is Scoots now when like any basketball game's on she's just like cats go big blue <laughs> it's like well no and then she'll just what she'll do is she'll like watch for about five seconds that's about where her patience level's at she'll watch for about five seconds and then she'll just go yeah <laughs> like there's a point scored you know like we do for the cats and i'll have to tell her like first off this this isn't uk and we cheer when they score the ball uh but you know she's learning is so. this does that cover or does that cause a riff in your house no with hannah being a louisville fan no okay. it, no i think hannah's listening right now but the the whole thing I'll, I'll i'll say it to her face i'm not scared <laughs> the whole thing's fraudulent like it, it would she's really into it's gonna be a horrible comparison she's really into like those housewife shows okay of like yeah. the potomac and all the different spots sure. it would be the equivalent of what what's a comparable show to one of those housewife shows um uh, I have no idea. <laughs> a competitor, a competitive, a competing show to. We can just do like the housewives of like the Potomac versus Atlanta. The Atlanta. Sure, it'd be like if 
the wife, who is a huge fan of those shows, and I'm not judging. I think everybody does judge a little bit, but I'm not. And then me, not a fan of those shows, or like a, I've never watched any of them, but let's just pretend in this hypothetical that like I am kind of a fan, Scoots. Like I, I kind of casually watch. Like I, I kind of like it. And then me making our kids grow up to be fans of Housewife, uh, the Housewife Atlanta show, because that's what I want. Mm-hmm. When in reality, she's much more passionate about that show. They should probably be fans of the show. Like, I, you know, I'm just a casual, as the people would say. So we haven't really talked about it. Mm. So Need- it's a problem for down the road. Needless to say. But we'll, you know, we'll dress her in red. We'll dress her in blue. If U of L's playing, Hannah will get her to like try to do go cards chance. Well, because she never gets the cheer for points. It's funny, good one. It's funny <laughs> that like you know sometimes we'll, she, Hannah will be like, "All right, say go cards," and she'll say go cats. <laughs> but on the flip side, sometimes you'll say go say go cats, and she'll say go cards. So it does it does go both ways with that. No, I it, you know I guess we're just. My hope is she'll just see how like passionate I am watching games, mm-hmm. and she'll be like, "Well, that's fun to do that with Daddy," versus instead of like when the when the wife is watching her favorite team, the U of L Cardinals, she's in Snortown, USA, passed out asleep. All right, you hear that, Hannah? More passion, more passion, more <laughs> energy, more passion. <laughs> Uh, of course, she's also pregnant, so taking naps. I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm riling her up a little bit. I'm joking, but we, she, she can be a fan of whoever she wants to be a fan of. But I have enjoyed watching some of the UK games with her. All right, we're gonna get to the Thornton's text line here in a moment, but I do want to touch on the radio tease that I had uh, regarding Wednesday. Scoots, I mentioned it after the show. I just felt like I needed to, and I, I feel like it didn't get enough play necessarily. Maybe that kind of just speaks to what people think of Roush, potentially. But for him at the commercial break to look me in my eyes and be like, TJ, you need to cancel your UK bets. They're not winning on Saturday. (laughs) He's never done that before. (laughs) He's never done that before. And I was like, did you hear something? He was like, the locker room. I just I think I think it's a mess. And he didn't tell me like any inside secrets about this, that, or the other. I've heard some rumors that I'm sure other people have heard about this player or that player. But the like it looked like Roush had seen a ghost on his face when he was telling me that stuff. He was just like, You gotta cancel him, dude. If you can get out of him, I'd get out of him. He's like, They're not gonna they're not gonna win. So you only canceled one? I canceled my big, big money line bet. I'm okay. still gonna make a money line bet. I may just not make it as big. And I took like a ten dollar bath on it, so uh, if UK does win, I'll just bill Roush for that $10, actually, because I think of it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have to write that down. Uh, but, yeah, so he, he is – he, and I, and I think you got – I think uh, people on Twitter or message board – I think it was a message board post – said that Ryan Lemon wouldn't give – yeah, it was on, it was on KS Board. Uh, Ryan Lemon wouldn't give a prediction on the game, and he's got family friends on the, team, on the UK team. And Drew Franklin explained it out on KS board being like, yeah, he just didn't want to be a downer predicting U of L to crush Kentucky people that have inside connections to the football program. This needs to be a message. Like, I wonder what Justin Rowland thinks about this. If, if he agrees with this sentiment, people with inside sources to this football program. And I'm not, I'm not, I can't like ruin anybody's sources. Cause I don't even know who the sources are. 
But, like, obviously Roush is connected. Obviously Ryan Lemon is wildly connected. People that are connected to this team are selling their stock. It's a fire sale. They just think Kentucky is done. They think this team is done. They think that there's a few people in the locker room, I think, that have kind of just been a problem. I don't. Uh, that's my, my sense on it, at least. That's concerning. Now, the only good news is Roush is wrong all the time, Scoots. Mm-hmm. Like, more wrong than right. Yeah, look at his uh, picks. Yeah, we need. Well, I'll tweet those out. Uh, we won't just have time to do that today, and we don't have Roush's picks anyways. But uh, it's coming down to the wire. I think we have like a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. And Scoots, yeah, I think you still have a lead. I got two points. My freaking lock was U of L losing to Miami, which if Miami just wasn't such dinguses, they probably can win that game. But I got my other two. I think, um, DJ, you can go back and look, but I'm pretty sure I am ten and two our last four weeks. You and think those, you went two and one last? And week? those two L's were locks. Well, that'd I know be good. I that'd be good for the point standing sake. I, I, I still want to win this. You've never won it. No, I, I want to keep that the the same as much <laughs> as I can. But that's the, I mean, I guess that's the good news is Roush is like you know historically when he says when he has a take sometimes it kind of goes the other way with it you know. Um, but no, he no. In all seriousness, he is there. There's something. There's something up. I just think when you get out there though, and you see U of L players start talking trash. You start talking back, you get stoops in the like. I, I just think that you can put that stuff aside for four hours on Saturday, and I think that they will. Am well, I a homer? And am I a little in bias? Absolutely. Hopefully, you, you don't have to deal with any of those snobby Louisville fans. Man, they really are worked up. They by those were, quotes. yeah. Holy smokes, Dion Walker, well done. You struck <laughs> a chord. I couldn't believe it. It was such like a nonchalant quote to me, like. And he was complimentary of their team. Yeah. Like, you know, he talked about how good their team was. He was very backhanded. Yeah, but he just like, he was like, but my personal experience, they're a little snobby. I didn't like him even going back to my recruitment. <laughs> and every U of L fan, snobby? What are we going to have our monocle at the game? <laughs> yeah, it's a great quote. If anybody ever says anything about U of L, like, they, they are just such a thin skinned. I was disappointed to see Rutherford actually bothered by it. He's better than that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it, it was a pretty harmless quote. It actually, I think, kind of goes to show how quiet things have been this week that, like, that is the – that's the big one. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't I don't recall no. anything else this week. No, both teams just kind of talking about how big the game was, yeah. which is funny because, like, you sometimes will have the fan base try to downplay how important the rival is to them, and then you get L's coach being like, oh, yeah, this is our Super Bowl, which is kind of – I mean, it's when you, you've been beaten – by your rivals badly as you have been the last several seasons, this game better mean something to you. Well, and it's it, that's coming from Jeff Brom, who played at Louisville and is, is from this town. So he understands the rivalry a lot better than previous coaching staffs did. Yeah, again, I think that's overplayed a little bit. Like after Satterfield's first beat down to Kentucky, I think he got the idea. that like, oh, U of L <laughs> fans don't like losing to their rival in embarrassing fashion. Oh, okay. Uh, but you're, I mean, but there is truth to the fact that Brom's going to be ready, he's a good coach. Maybe maybe too ready. Maybe it's a little Patino effect where he's into it a little bit too much and uh, tries too hard. But, no, they've got a coaching advantage. I like Stoops. Um, I don't think this has been his best season coaching. I think it's been a pretty disappointing season coaching. But even all the same, Brom is uh, he's one of the better coaches, I think, in college football, unfortunately. And I know people always point to, like, well, you know, he only had two two seasons over seven wins or whatever the number is at Purdue. Or like, I think it's at more. At Purdue? What? That he shouldn't win more than seven games yeah. at a place like Purdue. That's my point. He took freaking Purdue to yeah. the Big Ten championship game. And then his first year at L, he's taking L. 
I'm shocked that like his name doesn't get mentioned, and he's it maybe doesn't get mentioned just because he's home and like he, it's gonna take just like all of the gold in the world to be able to pull him away from it. But I'm shocked that NFL jobs aren't like, hey, this guy just knows football and he knows how to get people open offensively. And I will say one good point Trevor made, he made several good points, is it reminds me of Calipari most of the time. Cal, when you had a coach long enough, you're, you, you're, you can always find a counterexample. But Trevor's talking about how Brom has been willing to adapt, hasn't been stubborn with this is the way I play football and this is what we're going to do. Instead, it's been, okay, these guys are a little bit better at this, so I, I, this is what we're – what works for my players is what I'm going to make work, and it doesn't have to be the Brom style. I think Calipari did that like early on in the UK era where it was just, all right, uh, this I'm going to have to play three point guards with, with De'Aaron Fox and Briscoe. Well, Monk wasn't really a, a point guard. Uh, but you could do that with like Jamal Murray, Tyler Ulis, those guys. I, he would adapt to what he had. Okay, I've got two bigs. Then Willie Cauley-Stein and Carl Anthony Towns will get you on the floor together and we'll find a way to make it work. Made it work to 38 wins. He was willing to adapt. Brom is willing to adapt. Trevor was right to point that out. Um, Trevor did make some good points, unfortunately. But uh, where are we on the text line? Are we all caught up? We are all caught up. Yeah, they okay. start today at 7.33. 7.33. That's what time I got here. I didn't po- we didn't post any over from uh hmm? No, there's no there that's not true. I thought we finished all the ones above it. I thought we finished on or I thought you all finished on Wednesday. Maybe not. Okay, well then whatever. I'll take your word for it. Um happy Thanksgiving to the top local radio show in Kentucky. Even though Roush disagrees with 90% of my text messages, it's no hard feelings. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thanks Texter. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great weekend. Scoots, I did do a little bit of a mistake. Uh-oh. Um, you know, I'm a big believer and fan of, like, get something on the calendar to look forward to. I mm-hmm. think it's important for life, happiness. Sure. I think it's just – it could be a vacation a year away. could be just a trip to, like, a fancy restaurant in two weeks or something like that. Just get something on the calendar that you get excited about. So, going with the family to the U.K.-Miami game on Tuesday – Super okay. excited about sure. it. The issue is you can't do that after a long weekend. Because now I'm kind of wishing away, like, I want to – I'm very excited for the basketball game tonight. I'm excited for the football game tomorrow. Like, a big, you know, it's a big five days. But I still if – you, if you were like, TJ, what are you most looking forward to? Probably that basketball game on Tuesday. Pumped about it. The issue is it had to be kind of like wishing away, you know, the long weekend. And Monday or Tuesday, really Wednesday morning is going to roll around, and it's like, all right, now you get nothing till Christmas break. And it'll be like, oh, man, that kind of stinks. That's kind of a bummer way to look at things. It is kind of a bummer. Now I'll have to plan <laughs> something then. Have to get something on the calendar then. Or just but change your brain to not have to live that way. you got to be careful, though, not to plan the big fun thing after a long weekend. True. L- little life rule 101. We really are last year's TCU. Lots of close wins, except we won't make the playoff because of that pit loss in the anti-ACC bias. Hopefully we can pull out one more huge win tomorrow. That's obviously a L fan, not probably meant for Kentucky roll call. I just thought we could laugh at it that they're going to miss out of the playoffs. L, you're not even close to the playoffs, <laughs> rightfully so. You can't have one good win on the schedule and a loss to Pittsburgh. If L was undefeated, it'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I think you'd probably just have to. You're a Power 5 team. You're undefeated. 
And, and they very well could have been. They probably should be. I mean, Pittsburgh's a horrible football team. But it, I think it kind of just goes to show you, Val, for as good as the season is, and it has been fun, and you all deserve to be happy, the fact you're not even sniffing the playoffs, I think just kind of goes to show what the nation thinks of you all and your, more importantly, your resume. I'd say they're sniffing the playoffs. They're not. I mean, they're, they're, they're not. There's no scenario they get in the playoffs. They're like, a, I don't know if you know this, but bears, grizzly bears can smell a, a spoonful of peanut butter three miles away. So Louisville's like three <laughs> miles away. They're getting that initial whiff of the peanut butter. Fair enough. That's fine. They're getting a whiff of it. They have no chance to get in, though. And they're, they could be a 12-win football team and not have a chance to get in the playoffs. That is wild mm-hmm. in today's the, the makeup of conferences today. But don't lose to Pittsburgh. You can't lose to a three-win team or however many stupid wins they have. I'm up working with you guys. So any chance Jordan and Thrash are rested this game? Trevor, in honor of Dolly Parton, can I get a Cowboys soundbite? Scoots, what would you think of Dolly? I didn't see Dolly. I, I mean, I thought she I, – I obviously saw the pictures of her. What is she, like 85 years old, 80 years old? It was funny. Like, everybody was Googling how old she was. At the party I was at, great Thanksgiving day. Got to go to uh, two sides of the family, although my mom was sick. We really missed her, and that was that was a bummer. Um, but, yeah, at the party I was at, like, everybody pulled out their phone to see how old Dolly Parton was. We were like, wait, let's just try to guess first. I'd said 74. She's 77. She looks good for 77. That's that's really the only thing I took out of it. And now, yeah, she's had a lot of work done and looks kind of fake. What? But for being that age, she's you, you she's sure? doing pretty no. good. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm just not going to say anything at all. <laughs> Scoots, I appreciate you having a Governor's Cup take. After all, a man that stands for nothing falls for anything. But Lamar Jackson ain't the ULQB. I told my big X scramble buddies I thought this game was a toss-up, and I'm still there. Davis and Jordan are the keys. He's talking about the running backs. Uh, watch out for Garindo for UofL more than Jordan. But I do think the team that can maybe establish the run game consistently, which is I – don't, I don't think – UofL may break off a big run, but I don't think they're consistently going to be able to run on Kentucky. There's maybe a hot take for you. I think what UofL is going to have to do is just try to do intermediate passing routes, get the ball to your playmaker's hands in space – Get it, try to get ahead of the chains that way. I don't think they're going to be able to run for you know six yards of carry. They're going to probably break one off, and that's the thing. Is Brom's going to have like a trick play up his sleeve? They're, he's going to like a wide receiver is just going to be stupid wide open. That's all right. I think Kentucky can overcome maybe one or two of those. Um, obviously, any more than that, probably not. But I think Kentucky's going to be able to control the ground a lot more. A texter says, John here. Good Black Friday morning, everyone. Hey, Black Friday is all about selling some items at a cheaper price. Well, don't sell the football cats cheap. I think our batteries are recharged and ready to go, and U of L sucks. Give me the football cats to win. Hey, will Bradshaw or Big Z have some hidden miracles and play just even two or three minutes? The cats will win big. Let's go BBN. We'll got to go cat you later. I'm shocked Big Z's not cleared yet, by the way. Like, shocked. That's wild to me. Uh, I definitely I thought it was going to be last week. That just kind of goes to show that like when there's info in the UK basketball athletics office, just uh, usually not take it to heart. But Bradshaw's practicing, right? I saw he that supposedly yesterday. started practicing Wednesday, and I don't know. Again, if I was the coach, yeah, you'd be getting Bradshaw for a couple minutes, but I don't. It's really not Cal style. So my guess is no, and you'll get Cal saying, oh, you know, he barely even got out there. We he was stretching wrong. He'll have some quote that'll trigger people to Bolivia (laughs) 
But I don't think you see him. I do think Kentucky wins comfortably tonight. Uh, I will say 84 to 60 is my guess for that one. Vegas to Scoots when he writes down what he thinks the score will be and picks the spread winners from that. And it was a gif from heavyweights. That was very sneaky of you. <laughs> People forget that Scoots foolproof betting strategy. By the way, write that, down the score. That strategy last week went six and eight, so I scrapped it this week. Oh, okay. You're you're you abandoned it already. Yeah, and I started this week two and one yesterday on my spread picks, so pretty happy. All right. Another texture says the problem with the game for UK is that Kentucky will need to play with the level of physicality and attention to detail that they haven't had since Florida. I just don't see them reverting back to that level of play against Florida Mook. I will tell you that in the Florida game too, there almost seemed to be a more commitment to the run game where it was like, we'll go back to old UK football, old UK football being, you know, like two years ago. I think you see that on Saturday. I think it'll just be, just win, baby. Yeah, maybe we need to be a better passing team to advance the offense moving forward and the future of the program. But on just Saturday, let's keep that trophy in Lexington. Let's keep little Howard in blue and make everything right for this season and beat U of L again. A texter says, for us to win tomorrow, what absolutely has to happen? I think UK has to win the turnover battle and they have to win the rushing attack. And the only reason I say that is because if they don't win the rushing attack, then that means UK, I think their most consistent offense isn't working. And two, where I think they have probably their biggest strength defensively also didn't come to fruition. So you got to win the rushing game. And I think it's very, very important you win the turnover battle, which I don't think Kentucky will. So maybe I'm just kind of telling on myself here that I don't think one of the two things that has to happen will actually happen. Uh, I also think that everybody's making a big deal about Plummer's interceptions. I think Brom's really going to protect him, to maybe to a fault, maybe a little too conservative with Plummer. But I actually like the juice on his under interception. I think it was like plus 110 or plus 100. Um, it was half. I think I think he may not throw a pick. Everybody's making a big deal about it, right? Isn't that how this game goes? Mm-hmm. Everything that's made a big deal ends up not happening, but it ends up being another storyline. I think the storyline is UK rushes for a combined 200, 300 yards as a team, Ray Davis leading the way, and the Cats keep the Governor's Cup trophy in Lexington with a dramatic 31, you know, I'll say 30 to 27. I think UK kicks a lot of field goals too. That's another thing, Texter, is getting seven points instead of three points. Last year, you could still win, settling for a lot of field goals. This year, with Brom in town, I don't think so. Scoots, any last words? I have got Louisville winning this one. Like I said, I think it's going to be a little tighter than I initially thought. I'm going to go 30 to 20, maybe, as your final score. I I just think, I don't know, Kentucky has really stomped them the last few years, and I think it's time for some payback. So I'm going to go with my heart here, and I'm going to say Louisville gets it done by 10. All right, everybody enjoy it. Be safe. Be nice to your fellow Kentuckians, whether wearing red or blue and we'll be back monday to talk about it i think again cats roll against marshall be on the lookout for our picks of the week we'll tweet them out we'll do something with them and find some nice deals on black friday this is kentucky roll call on big exports radio tj walker nick roush thanks again to trevor kelsey and nick roush it's a party 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 it's a party